0: Because it's the least understood of the Trinity, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because it's the least understood, uh, we, we, we tend to kind of shy away uh, from it or, or embracing it as fully as, as we should, uh, coupled with the fact that some of you maybe grew up in a church tradition where a preacher or maybe some radio preacher you heard on the radio uh, warned you about those Holy Spirit, those Holy Ghost people. You might want to be careful about them, be careful hanging around those Holy Spirit people because they're... You know those spirit-filled people—they—they they, they get a little, little crazy out there, right? And uh, and uh, and for perhaps some of you, and, and myself included—I'll—I'll—I'll I'll, I'll admit that uh, I have seen and uh, heard some pretty weird and even bizarre things done in the name of the Holy Spirit. So I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. But here's what I here's what I want you to know. Through all of that, through all of those experiences, I have discovered that I can't live the best life that Jesus has for me. And honestly, you can't live the best life that Jesus has for you apart from the power and presence of the Holy Spirit working in and through you and through the unique ways that he has gifted you. Now, another challenge for me is there's no way that I can adequately teach or preach on the gifts of the Spirit uh, because because that, that that's an integral part of the Spirit-filled life. The Spirit-filled life is basically a life where you are walking in and utilizing the gifts that God has given you, and uh, I cannot adequately preach or teach on the gifts of the Spirit in one sermon, uh, at least not in a way that would leave you maybe with more questions than answers. Um, I did do a series on the Holy Spirit a couple of years ago, and maybe it's time to revisit that, and maybe we will, but for this morning, here's what I decided to do for the sake of w- this week's message. I did give you, if you'll go to the uh, the website on the notes section you'll discover that there's a whole lot more notes than there usually are, and, and that's for a reason, because I want you to study this on your own, at your own leisure. I want you to look at some of those scripture references and some of those things on the, on the, the notes section and, and do some studying for yourself. But first, I want you to just, you know, wipe your mind clean. You know, go in it with a blank mind, because some of us have some bias, you know, because we've seen, we've heard some weird things done in the name of the Holy Spirit and, and you really can't get a fair understanding of what this gift is with, when you have that bias. So I encourage you to use those notes and do some studying on your own, but do so with, with an open mind, with an open slate. Um, but uh, this morning we're going to kind of briefly go over the different categories of spiritual gifts, uh, and then I want to briefly address some confusion surrounding one of the gifts, and then spend the rest of our time talking about what living a spirit-filled life looks like. Uh, so three categories of gifts, three categories of spiritual gifts. Uh, I'm going to divide these into uh, these three categories. The first one's motivational gifts, and these are found in Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 8. The motivational gifts are how God works in a believer to shape his perspectives, to shape their perspective on life, and motivate their words and actions. And these are gifts that we're created with. Okay, the, the gifts we're going to look at in a second, the ministry gifts, those are gifts we're called to. But these, these motivational gifts are gifts that, that we are created with. Prophecy reveals truth by exposing sin so that fellowship with God can be restored and or maintained. Serving, uh, serving demonstrates uh, love by meeting practical needs, usually through some tangible act or service. Teaching uh, discovers and validates truth so that the church can maintain a fidelity and accuracy to God's word. Exhorting encourages Christians to grow spiritually by discipling, teaching, and counseling others. Giving, yeah, giving is a spiritual gift uh, that conserves and shares resources in order to meet needs. Organizing uh, carries out projects by recruiting workers, organizing tasks, or delegating responsibilities. And then that last one is mercy. The last motivational gift is mercy that demonstrates God's love and compassion by responding to hurt. So those are the motivational gifts. The second category is ministry gifts, and again, these are ones that we're called to. We're created with motivational gifts. We're called to ministry gifts, and these are gifts that God uses to build up the church. And you have the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And then you have the manifestation gifts. The manifestation gifts. These are found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 11. These are supernatural demonstrations of the Holy Spirit as a witness to others and to bring glory to God. And I've divided these into three categories. The manifestation gifts, first you have the discerning gifts, word of wisdom, or excuse me, word, of wisdom word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. And then you have dynamic gifts, which is faith, healing, and miracles. And then you have what we call the de- declarative gifts, which is prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues the book of Acts, when it describes how the Holy Spirit was moving in the early church, three out of the five times that people were prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit, it says that those people uh, being prayed for spoke with tongues. In addition to the gift of tongues... There's another aspect of speaking in tongues, which, which is a, I call it not, not a, a, it's kind of a, a grace, not a gift, it's more of a grace. Uh, it's a prayer language, and the Apostle Paul is very clear about this. Uh, but this is different than the gift of tongues, because this doesn't require an interpretation. The gift of tongues uh, would, would take place in a corporate setting, worship setting, like what we're doing here, and someone would give the message in tongues, and then someone else would give the interpretation. Uh, that would be the gift of tongues in operation and the gift of interpretation in tongues. Uh, if someone were to give a gift in tongues and there was no interpretation, my responsibility at that point would be to step in and instruct you and say, t- you know what, apparently that message was just for that person since there was not an interpretation, so just kind of keep things in mind Because Paul said, look, if there's no interpretation, then people are going to be confused. What 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 did they say? What are they talking about? You, you get that, don't you? So he, he's just trying to bring some order to that. But in addition to the... The gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues, there's, there's another aspect of tongues that's our prayer language, and, and this is something that the Lord offers us as well. So uh, I want to encourage you uh, to, uh, to study these gifts on your own and just be open. Just, just pray before you say, Lord, show me. If th- these are from you, you know, Pastor said they're from you, so if they are, show me because I really, if, if these are gifts that you have for me, I want them. How many want all of God's gifts? Yeah, some of you like, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> come on, how many of you want all, of, all that God has for you? Absolutely, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you, right? So uh, let me encourage you to study on your own these different categories of spiritual gifts and pray that God would help you open up to it because I know people have a lot of questions when it comes to spiritual gifts, especially that gift of speaking in tongues. In fact, you can tell how people feel about tongues, even the way they say it. You're not one of them tongues churches, are you? You kind of just kind of the disdain just kind of flows out of their mouth as they say it, you know. I had someone ask me once if I had to speak in They said, do I have to speak in tongues to go to heaven? And I said, absolutely not. And you don't. You don't have to speak in tongues to go to heaven. You get to speak in tongues. And I say that with all insincerity because when it comes to living the Spirit-filled life, I know for me I could not do it. I could not do it without the gift of my prayer language. And yes, yes, I'm, I'm coming out. Your pastor speaks in tongues. There it is. I'm going, to, I'm going to pull my wife out, too. My, your pastor's wife speaks in tongues, too. No, you don't need to clap about it. I'm just saying, look, the, the, this is a gift that God has for you. I'm, I'm just trying to make you understand, right, that this is a gift. Now, I'm going to tell you two reasons. Say, Pastor, why do you speak in tongues? I'm going to give you two reasons. There's more, but here, here are the two. Pro- now, I can't speak for my wife, but I'm, I'm thinking she would probably be on board with these. Two reasons why we speak in tongues. Number one, um, it builds us up. It encourages us. Jude 20, but you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. That's what that's referring to, praying in tongues. The Bible says that we actually, in some way, some mystical way, we actually encourage ourselves, build ourselves up when we exercise our prayer language. And I don't know about you, but I figure I could use all the encouragement and edification I can get. I mean, I just, that's just kind of how it is for me. But the other reason that I pray in tongues is because praying in tongues is praying directly in the will of God, praying directly in the will of God. Roman, and Paul, the Apostle Paul in Romans 8, 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Literal translation, you want to make sure you're praying in the will of God? Use your prayer language, because you will always be praying. According to Paul, Either if I hope he's not lying. He said, if you want to know if you're praying in the will of God, then you exercise your prayer language, because you will always pray in the will of God when you're exercising your prayer language. And let's be honest, there have been times for me, there's been times I've been praying for someone or about a situation, and I, I prayed everything I knew how to pray, but I still felt like there's something more to pray, well, then that's when I'll exercise my prayer language, because I, I just felt the need to continue to pray, but I didn't know what else to pray for. Well, those are the times that you can exercise your prayer language, because you're talking directly to God in the will of God. So, do you have to speak in tongues? No. No, you don't. You don't. But if you ever go through some times where you could use some encouragement, if you ever go through some times that you could use some edification, times when you're praying about something and you prayed about everything you know how to pray for, but you still felt like you still got a burden for them or for that situation and you still feel like you need to pray some more, wouldn't you want to have a resource that would help you do that? Seriously, I'm I'm just being honest. And the Apostle Paul says, When you pray in tongues, when you pray in your prayer language, you are praying the will of God. So, no, you don't have to speak in tongues. You get to speak in tongues. I don't know how else to put it, but that's kind of how it is. So God gave us his Holy Spirit to empower and equip us to do what he called us to do. But sadly, sadly, there are many, in fact, who believe that these gifts are not for today, that they were just for those first century apostles, and then once the last apostle died, once John died, then that was the end of the gifts of the Holy Spirit on planet Earth. There's actually a theological term for that position, for that belief. It's called cessationism. And it's the view that there are parts of the Bible that ceased and God doesn't move in power and miracles anymore. But that was just for the early church to help it get started. uh, And now those stories are encouragement to us, but those things don't really happen today. Can I tell you, dear ones, at Family Church, we don't believe that. At Family Church, we believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever including the gifts that he offers us. So don't be weirded out by him. Don't be afraid. That's why Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant. That's why you're scared because you you don't know. You don't understand. The same Holy Spirit power that was needed to transform people's lives and help launch the church in the first century is still needed today to change people's lives and to perpetuate that movement of his church that he established, that he died for 2,000 years ago. Acts 1, verse 5. For John baptized with water, and this is a reference to salvation, the gift of salvation. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So God gave us the gift of salvation so we could have the hope of heaven in the future. And he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit to help us do what he's called us to do until we get to heaven. See, that's how that works. But he wasn't done yet. In fact, he still has another gift. He has some other gifts for us. Gifts that you haven't opened. In fact, according to research, about 8 out of every 10 of you here this morning have not opened these gifts that God has for you. Fuller Theological Seminary did a poll a few years ago, discovered that 80% of people who claim to be Christians don't know what their spiritual gifts are or never utilize their spiritual gifts. And that's unfortunate because not only do spiritual gifts benefit you personally, they are also crucial, listen, they are also crucial to the success of the New Testament church. In order to do what God, in order to do what Jesus called us to do as his church, we need to have his spiritual gifts operating in and through us. Romans 12, verse 6. The apostle Paul says, we have different gifts. That word there is charisma, according to the grace. And it's interesting because that word is the root word of charisma. So the literal translation of that would be, we have different charismas, according to the charis given to each of us. So what's Paul saying there? The word gifts that the apostle Paul used is the word charisma. The word grace is the word charis. So it begs the question, why does Paul use the same word to describe two different things in the English language? Here's why. Because a charisma, a gift, right, that is is like something that is a a gift from the Lord, right, but it comes as as a result of grace. These, These are grace gifts. It's something we didn't deserve but something that God gave us anyway. It, it's like a grace on our life. In other words, when we're operating in our spiritual and our charisma, our gifts, it's almost like we were created to do just that. It's like that's, that's why I was created. Spiritual gifts are gifts that, that seem to flow through us naturally. They're not the things, They're not things that we strive to operate in. They just operate through us in a seemingly organic way. For example, one of my gifts, even though I don't always feel like I do it well, um, is, is getting up in front of you and teaching God's word each week. Um, I love getting up here on Sunday mornings and I love teaching and sharing God's word. Now Sue, on the other hand, doesn't share that same gift. In fact, there's been a few times when I've asked her, I said, "Honey, you want to come up here?" and she's like, "No." <laughs> and he says, "I got to use the bathroom," and she leaves you know. um, because that's just that's just not something that you know that she is gifted to do. Um, but um, and I, I've shared this before. Um, as I've gotten older, um, I find myself having less patience than I used to have and things that used to not bother me now for some reason bother me. And I'm talking about silly things that in the eternal scheme of things don't really matter uh, at all. Uh, but still, sometimes they kind of get to me like this past week uh, when we were coming back from the city And uh, there was a a semi that jackknifed just south of the Wellsville exit over here. maybe some of you got caught up in that traffic because we were coming back from the city. And it was halfway between Edgerton and Gardner where it was just stop. I mean, just stop, just crawling along there. Um, And uh, so uh, we finally got up, finally got up to the Wellsville exit. And, and of course, along that way, you know, every now and then you'd see the cars come by, you know. And you knew what they were going to do. They were going to butt in at the last second, which means everyone else has to stop, right? So we were almost to the Wellsville exit, and this car I saw coming up on the shoulder. And, they, you know, you know, I'm going to do that. <laughs> so I just kind of creeped up a little bit closer to that car in front of me. He ain't getting in here, right? And, uh, you know, sure enough, you know, I squeezed in there, you know. And, and, and I didn't give him the little love tap. I didn't give him the little beep, beep. <laughs> I cut loose. And, and, and you know, Sue's like, just let it go, Pastor. Just let it go, Pastor. I hate it when she does. <laughs> so last Saturday at our Baldwin, we were at the Baldwin City Fun Fest. We went over there that morning and uh, met with uh, Ronnie and Ronnie's mom and of course, you know, her dad had hadn't passed away, but we went so. And, you know, it was citywide. It was Baldwin Citywide, and it was a zoo. I had I had never seen that many vehicles back in that prairie fire, whatever that area is over there, fire tree, whatever it is. Uh, I, I had never seen that many uh, vehicles in that neighborhood before. And I'd been over there on City, Baldwin Citywide before, but it was a zoo over there. And those of you that went over there know that. So anyway, so we're over there trying to navigate traffic. And uh, so we, uh, we came up to this one intersection, and there was this, this one, you know, pickup, you know, and, and so we're just, you know, traffic's just barely moving, you know, and people are trying to figure out, you know, what, what's going on, you know. So uh, so I get up to the intersection, and there was a, there was a truck there, so I just kind of just, I, I waved him, I just waved him on through. I just waved him on through, you know. And he waved, you know, and, and drove. Later that day, that afternoon at the, uh, at our, uh, 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 we had our outing there at, uh, uh, in Baldwin, um, that guy it uh, turns out I didn't recognize him but it was a couple that we know and they're 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 looking at coming to family church when we launch in Baldwin but he uh, he told me he said hey he said uh, he said that was me he said that that was me you know at at that at that intersection you know and he said I just I just want to I just want to tell you um, that uh, thank you so much you know that uh, that you, that you let me and I am so glad I am so <laughs> glad you know that I it wasn't one of those times when I <clears throat> you know but but uh, but but no seriously, I am so glad, Jesus, thank you so much. You know that I, I was real Christ-like when, when I when I when I let him, when I let him go in here. Um, but here's the thing, my point. What was my point? I kind of lost my point. Uh, here's the thing. We, we we all have different gifts. You know, my my wife has has gifts that that I don't have. I have gifts that she doesn't have. And it's the same with you, you know. Uh, You are naturally better at doing certain things than other people and vice versa. See, that's why you don't want me going back to children's church. I'll go back there, but I'm taking a roll of duct tape and a chair with me. (laughs) Just saying, all right. Um, We all have spiritual gifts. And if you're not sure uh, what I'm talking about, um, here's a definition to help you dial this in. A spiritual gift is a special supernatural ability that God gives to each of his children so that everyone say this next word with me. Together, one more time, together we can advance his purposes in this world. This is God's hope for the church. God's plan was never to create a place for you to come and have this spiritual moment once a week on Sunday mornings. No, 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 no. Remember, we are the church, and we were created to make a difference in this world. That's why it's so important to find your place in the kingdom of God in the local church. And you need to know. You need to know that all of hell is hoping you don't discover your spiritual gifts and begin using them for the kingdom. Because if you never discover your spiritual gifts and begin using them for the kingdom of God, that makes the devil's job that much easier. Frankly, that's just a fact. Even even if you go to heaven, he's going to do everything he can to keep you from taking other people to heaven with you. That's why unity is so important in the church. See, the devil's not afraid of a large church. He's afraid of a united church. And a united church is one that recognizes their spiritual gifts and begins using them to advance the kingdom of God. So here's kind of how the story plays out in God's divine plan for man. In the Old Testament, certain men were blessed with certain abilities. They were called priests, and the priest would go into the place where the presence of God would reside under the Old Covenant, and it was called the, the Holy Place. There was a holy place and then the Holy of Holies. But the priest would go in there and once a year he'd go into the Holy of Holies. But uh, he would go in there and that's where the, this thing called the Ark of the Covenant was. How many of you heard of the Ark of the Covenant? You've watched Indiana Jones so you know what that, what, what that thing is. That, that, that represented the presence of God. But the, the high priest would go in there and hear from God, and then he would come out and tell the people, this is what God said. You know, this is, this is thus saith the Lord. So special people had that special privilege. That the Bible The Bible says that God wanted to do it a different way under the new. He had a better way. He found fault with the covenant that he made with his people, so he sent his son Jesus to equip not certain people, but everyone, all of his people, with ordinary, ordinary ability, to just look to him. And these were people like fishermen, tax collectors, people with a past, people with short tempers, jealous people, even deceitful people. Jesus said, if you'll trust me, if you'll surrender your heart to me, I'll wipe the slate clean with you, give you a fresh start, and use you to help build my church. Not just a few select people, but all who would come to me. Listen to this statement by Peter from the sermon that he preached on the day of Pentecost. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on who? All people. No more special elite priests, right? No more few select ministers and then all the rest of the normal everyday garden variety Christians. No, 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 no. This is, this is something that we're all called to. Then, lest there be any confusion about how all-inclusive this was, he doubles down. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. See, not only, not only is this not, not even gender-specific, it's not even age-specific. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. doesn't matter if you've been saved a long time or a short time. No, God's going to pour out his spirit on everyone, even new believers. Acts 2, verse 18. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. They will proclaim the word of God. And that's how the early church got started, frankly. That's how it got started, God pouring out his spirit on all these people who welcomed and embraced the holy spirit then over time churches kind of started changing hiring ministers again and they came up with words like clergy and laity and you won't find those in the bible clergy means one who reads all right and you have laity people who who they, they they're not really like paid by the church but they, they call that lay ministry all right and once again that was that was just for a select few of people right And then within a few hundred years, that Old Testament model that God didn't like and started the new model, within a few hundred years, it was back in operation again. That whole model that Jesus came to die and do away with, within a couple hundred years, it was back in in place. Then in the 1500s, a guy by the name of Martin Luther sparked what would become the Protestant Reformation when he rose up and said, wait, 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 time out, time out. We're not doing this the way the Bible said it should be done. And so... He wrote down his understanding of the scriptures, and and one of his points was the priesthood of all believers, the idea being that we're all priests. We can all come before God. That's That's not just for a few certain people. And after the Reformation, after all this, guess how much has changed in the church? Not much. Not much. Because today we still have preachers and pastors and the called and the uncalled. And the thing is, that's not in the Bible. That's really not in the Bible. So three truths I want you I want to share with you regarding living the spirit-filled life. Number one, God has called all of us to minister to the world around us. God has called all of us. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, the evangelists, the shepherds, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for the building up of the body of Christ. According to the apostle Paul, who does the work of the ministry? The saints. The saints. Ephesians 2, verse 10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to go to church every Sunday and sing songs no to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do and the last part of that verse is huge here's why it shows us that God watch this God has something only you could do first and then he created you for the task isn't that interesting God had something only you and I could do and he created us for the task don't get this turned around don't get this turned around God didn't create you, then step back and think, hmm, I wonder what I can do with this piece of work. No, 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 no. He created. He created a specific task that only you would be able to do, and then he created you with the gifts to be able to accomplish that, to be able to accomplish that. 2 Corinthians 12, 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. That's why I'm asking you to get in the game, so to speak. Jump in with us, not for family church sake, but for the sake of the kingdom. Every gift God has is unique and important. Every gift that God has. 1 Peter 4.10, God has given gifts to each of you from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. So, let me see what these gifts look like. Let's say we're having a, a potluck dinner at church sometime. And we're sitting around eating some great food. Someone gets up to get some dessert and accidentally drops their plate slips and falls. Here's how, here's how these spiritual gifts might respond in that situation. You know, mercy, those who have the gift of mercy would say, oh, get, oh I'm sorry, are, are you okay? You slipped and fell. Those with the gift of preaching would run over and say, that's what happens when you're not careful. <laughs> those with the gift of serving would run over and say, I'll clean this up, don't worry, I'll take care of it. Those with the gift of teaching, those with the gift of teaching would come over and say, the reason your plate failed is because you had the dessert sitting on one side of the plate and it wasn't balanced. Those with the gift of exhortation would run over and say, that's okay, this could have happened to anyone. Those with the gift of giving would run over and say, here, you can have my dessert. And then administration, those with the gift of administration would take charge and say, Jim, you get the mop. Sarah, you get some paper towels. Lori, you direct traffic, and they'll get people away. Bill, you go get them another dessert and get them back to the table. Spiritual gifts. Notice they're all in the same room experiencing the same thing, but they all respond differently based on their spiritual gifts. But each one of those gifts were needed. But God never intended for just one person to do all those things. That's why it's so important to make sure we're all doing our part. So, the main idea. What is it? I was made for this. I was made for this. For what? For a spirit-filled life, working with other spirit-filled people to plunder hell and populate heaven. For the spirit-filled life, working with other spirit-filled people to plunder hell and populate heaven. That's what I was made for. The gifts of the spirit... The gifts that God has given me show me who I am. Living the spirit-filled life can only happen when you have the right view of yourself. So Romans chapter 12. This is from the message. Romans chapter 12 verse 3. I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me and especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. Living then as every one of you does in pure grace, it's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No. God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us. Another way to interpret this would be to say, do not have the wrong view of who you are, but rather be set free and put in your right mind by allowing the one who created you to show you who you are and what you were created to do. So, how do you discover what your spiritual gifts are? Go to our website. It talks about the spiritual gifts there, personality profile. We encourage you to fill that out. you got the gifts of the Spirit. We'll fill those out. We encourage you to take the next class. Take the next class and join a dream team, and then join a growth group. Join a growth group. Your design, your design, how God made you will reveal your destiny, and how you were made helps direct you to what you were supposed to do. Bow your heads and let me pray for you. Father, I do pray that you would help us begin to see who we are in Christ. Help us to see ourselves the way that you see us so that we know who we are and what we were created to be. And I pray, Father, for those here maybe that still don't understand these things about spiritual gifts, I pray, Father, that as they just come to you with an open heart and an open mind, you would begin to show show them what that is, what those are about, that you created them uniquely. And no one else on the world, no one else in the world can accomplish what you called us to do because you have gifted us in a unique way. You didn't just call us to come to Jesus. Coming to Jesus is easy, but Jesus never called us to just come to him. He called us to follow him, and following him sometimes isn't so easy. It's doable, but we need the strength and grace of the Holy Spirit. So I pray, Father, that you would fill us now with your Holy Spirit. Show us, Father, what our spiritual gifts are as we look to you and as we begin to operate in those gifts, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would begin to not just make a difference in our lives, in our families, but in the lives of those around us, Father. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God who died and rose for me. And today, I choose to put my faith in you and begin following you. Show me what my gifts are and help me begin using them for you and for your kingdom. In Jesus' name.